Alright, bro. Tons to talk about. I just have to refresh my memory. Is this 86 or 85? I can't remember. Of your podcast? I think it's 86. Yeah. 80, uh, 87. 87, dude. 87 dude, already? Jesus Christ. That's awesome. And I'm 40. Well, and I'm going to be 43. I thought it was 41. All right. You have out podcasted double your age. I guess so. But I'll never catch <laughs> Now I'll never catch up. All right, cool. Making connections by sharing stories and experiences over 200 episodes with you won't be easy. But thank you for joining me on this journey. This is the Dependent Independent Podcast. Hey there, everyone. Thank you for downloading and listening to episode 87. A good year. That's when Predator came out of the Dependent Independent Podcast. I'm your host, Nick G, and this is a 200-episode podcast about making connections, looking back while moving forward in these episodes, which post every other Thursday at 9 a.m. And in the past, I know for you uh, new listeners, if you haven't subscribed to the show, the best thing about it is you guys can actually go on to iTunes or uh, you can go on Google Podcast, which is a brand new Google Podcast app. So if you do have an Android device, you can go to Google Play Store. And I started listening to it. I was listening to podcasts on Stitcher, but I'm thinking the Google Play or the Google Podcast app is pretty sweet. So you can check that out and we'll put links. I actually have to update the links in my show notes. So our shows post every other Thursday at 9 a.m. So if you do subscribe to the show, feel free to hit the subscribe button. And that way, these new postings of the shows hit your podcast feed each and every or each and every other Thursday. This is a, a podcast where I am joined by a close friend, podcasting colleague, uh, acquaintance, a family member, anyone who's connected with me in any way through this podcast where we pick a topic and we share stories and experiences and hopefully we each learn something and so do you to continue to keep moving forward. Now, my co-host tonight needs no introduction, but I'm going to give it to him anyway. Do you realize that? People always say that they don't need any introduction, but then they, they introduce them anyway. Now, tonight I'm joined in episode 87 by the illustrious Ken Rodder. And am I saying that right, Ken? Do I say your last name right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. I don't know. I just, I was afraid you, you know, this whole time we were buddies and you're like, man, every freaking time he says my name, it's it's actually Rutter, you know, it's some weird <laughs> German thing. So uh, a while back, Ken Rodder and I, uh, I joined him on his podcast called Dumbbells and Dragons. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, this is, it was a podcast where you combined fitness and nerdism, kind of jammed it together and attacked topics. I, didn't you do a thing on Aliens, too? That was a really good podcast. Didn't you do a thing on Aliens? You had a co-host? Yeah, it, that... it, you hit it on the head, man. And that, that post, uh, it was actually a series of episodes that was catching me up on all the Aliens movies leading up to Alien Covenant. Because I had never seen any Yes, of you that. never saw them before. And in 1986, before 87, which is this episode, is actually <laughs> when Aliens came out. Which is, a de it's a definite classic, one of James Cameron's finest. That'd be kind of cool. I, I don't do enough movie podcasts. I probably should do. Maybe we'll do a summer movie uh, thing. We'll pick our, we'll have you back on the show, dude. That'll have to be the next one. But since the last um, time, what, what's up, Ken? Oh, I was just going to say absolutely, yeah, anytime. Definitely do that. Uh, since the last time I had Ken, or I was on Ken's show, we had gone back and forth, and uh, things were going in one direction for Ken. And since then, things gone, things have gone in a very di different direction. And one of the things I really, the topics I wanted to tackle on the show is the stories that we tell ourselves that have to change in life. So, you know, in doing this show and, and having a 200 episode podcast, I really, when I started, I kind of had this clear vision about the direction I was taking. And the one thing that's amazing about this adventure is that it constantly changes, it pivots, it redirects. Uh, I do this on top of living a normal life. 
I have a full-time job, a family. I know we were 15 minutes late because I had to pick my son up from baseball practice because he's, he's uh, competing in the all-star team. He's got a few games this week. He's doing really well. And you come up with these, these stories, whether or not you're married, you have kids, where the moment something changes, I mean, something just as unfortunate as, as a death in the family, your brain has to basically psychologically turn itself around to create balance. So you create another story. And even with, uh, as I'm doing this show, originally we were doing one show every week, and now I, had, I cut it back to every other week, and I was doing these, these tips and tricks videos, which to be honest, as I'm evaluating it, I think I'm gonna stop on that. So if you are listening and you're a huge fan of that, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I'm gonna hold back on that. I think there's a lot of learning I need to get, and I know maybe I was a little overzealous in like episode 84, 85, where I said, oh my God, it's gonna be so big. And, and uh, unfortunately, I, I, I think I need to be a little bit more patient, but what I'm talking about in pivoting can't compare to what, what Ken, uh, the pivots Ken has made in the last, uh, I think it's two years or a year and a half since we last spoke. So what I wanted to do is, is hear Ken's story. Now, he had reached out to me, wanted to be on my show. I don't know what happened. Or, or actually, I think I said when you wanted to tell me your, your first pivot, that first story of yours, I was like, dude, you should do it on your show. Like, don't bring that to my show. Like, do it on your show. But ever since then, I, you took another pivot that I've got to watch and, and gotten a scene. And, uh, and, and it's amazing how, um, how alive I see you, dude. I see your social media posts and, and there's a, a level of energy and, and, uh, and it's awesome. I, I, what I wanted to do when this show is really about making connections and uh, uh, you've connected with me through your social media, sharing those things, Ken. We've gone back and forth. I know we shot some messages back and forth in this day and age. You know, I, I don't, we're not really chatting on the phone a lot, Ken. I'm not, I'm not really hanging out, you know, on the pillow. Hey, Ken, how was your day, buddy? <laughs> uh, so uh, what I really wanted to do is, is kind of just have a, a conversation with you, man, and, and pick your brain about what's happened since the last time you were on, on my pod, or I was on your podcast, which was great, great uh, excitement adventure. I love being on other people's podcasts. And uh, I want to hear about your pivots. I want to see, I want to understand how all that went through and, and where you're going and, and then maybe uh, what that story looks like now, you know, what you're seeing it now, that, that cliche where you see yourself in five years obviously is very different now than it was a year ago or two years ago. So Ken, let's start off. What happened after you and I, um, uh, you and I were on our last podcast together uh, and, and we'll go from there. You tell the story. I don't want to give any spoilers. I think that's really your story to tell, but talk, let's talk about that first pivot. Well, uh, shortly after our podcast episode, um, I found out I was going to get a divorce. I had picked up um, my life in Phoenix. I had moved out to Los Angeles uh, to get married uh, to my wife. And about almost a little less than two years um, after I moved out to Los Angeles... I found out we were getting a divorce. It was about mm, a little over a year that we got married that I found out I was getting a divorce. And pretty much the last 365 days has been me. Um, I use the term uh, redesign, rebuild, reclaim. And it was about me redesigning my life. Because when something like that happens, you have no choice, but the vision you see for your life absolutely changes. Yeah, dude. So I had to redesign my life. Uh, I had to reclaim who I was. Uh, and I had to rebuild myself, essentially, from the ground up. And I can go into so much detail or so little detail, 
but it's just a matter of something that I never expected to happen happened. And I had thought that for the next, you know, I thought I had a vision of where my life was going to go. And then in one day, that vision was gone. And it was not only was it gone, but it was no longer even a possibility. So uh, to have a very clear idea of what was going to happen to blank, to just darkness, uh, was very scary. Yeah, how'd you get through that day, Ken? Like, how did that uh, happen? Did you get like a, I mean, I, I, we're all about details here and getting real deep. If, if you don't, do you mind sharing? I mean, how did that, uh, if not, don't, you don't have to. Did you get like a letter? Or, I mean, how, does that, how did that happen? No, um, so it was a Wednesday uh, and I was, I was at work and I checked our online banking and she had cleaned out the accounts. What? Oh my god, the plot thickens. Like, like wow, dude. she had she had left um a little bit in there because we had a lot of direct debit stuff that obviously Oh, so you can pay she, your bills, bro. Sure, cuz you get yeah. your Netflix bill. You got to be able to pay that in Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> so, um at first, we had had a uh a a banking theft earlier in the year so i just thought someone had stole it and then i did a little bit of digging and it was no it was an online transfer to a private account Man. um so i enjoy your tip i i thank you thank you uh i called her and i said hey what what is this um and she said she said, can we talk about this later? Oh, wow, man. How long like, were you married? Uh, Ken, how long were you married? Uh, we had been married. It's weird. We got married and then we had a wedding. So we've been legally married for about 17 months, mm-hmm. uh, about 13 months since the wedding. Okay. So a little over a year. Gotcha. But <laughs> she said, like, and... I, I don't know what other people's finances are like, but we had like a decent like we had a decent nest egg saved up. Sure. Um not tr- not six digits or anything, but it was it was it was money. It was a lot of money. Tens of thousands of dollars. Um and so I said I said, fine, whatever, we can talk about this later. And I and I ha- I hung up the phone and I just sat in it for about fifteen minutes. Like I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then I called her back, and I was like, no, we cannot talk about this later. What is going on? And she she said, I'm not happy. You're not happy. I need out, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, like, I, I kind of glossed over sure. everything after she said she was out. And it was it was the reason she did it that day is because we had a couples counseling appointment that evening. So we went to couples counseling and she kind of just reiterated everything. Mm-hmm. And I think subconsciously I knew we weren't going to work out. Mm-hmm. Was that hard to know that? Like you might have had the gut feeling and then the reality. Some she acted like she made the decision. I I I knew. If we weren't going to work out, she was going to make the decision. Okay. 
I was in it. I was committed even mm-hmm. before we got engaged. I told her uh, if we're going to be together for the next 60 years, our relationship is going to have ups and downs. Um, and it's it's whether we fight through those downs to get back to the ups. Yep, absolutely, man. I agree. And she wasn't willing to fight anymore. Yeah, I mean, you got you to gotta have two committed parties in that yeah. process, I guess. And, and so I, the one thing I remember out of that counseling session was I, I told her, I can no longer support you as a husband. That's a decision you've made. Like, obviously, as a husband, I can no longer support you the way that you need it. So I'm going to go ahead and support you as an ex-husband. Um, and I'm going to work with you to make sure this process is easy. I'm going to work with you to make sure that we do this um, uh, as amicably as possible. And as we're on our way home, I mean, we were in separate cars, but I went to uh, our favorite uh, our favorite liquor store. Uh, I picked up a nice bottle of beer for myself. I picked up her favorite bottle of wine. Um, and I, when we got home, sat and we talked a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we poured, I, you know, I poured, I poured her a glass, I poured me a glass and I was like, you know what, here's to the next step. Um, you know, and we just kind of drank a glass. I did ask her that night. I was like, is there anything I can do to fix this and to save this? Um, and she said no. And so that kind of really solidified it for me because I would have fought. Um, she could have told me to do anything and, and short of murdering my family, I probably would have done it. Uh, Don't do that, man. I know, right? <laughs> oh, uh, confession. True crime. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was it was just something I was like, you know what? I'm going to go through this with my head held high. And... Honestly, hmm. as I, I, I'm proud to say that I have never talked bad about her mm-hmm. in, in public. Um, I mean, even our, I, our, our back and forth, it was, I felt, I felt a lot of pain, you know. I mean, I mean, and I, what was, you wrote I was, me. yeah, I was, I was absolutely hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I was crushed. You know, um, I had never even thought about marriage until her. So, like, I didn't even, I was like, whatever, if I get married, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was her, and I was like, okay, this, I understand what this is about now. Yeah. So, so there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of hurt. But, you know, like, like, like she said, there was nothing I can do. So, I'm not, I'm one of those people that says, if, if you can change something, don't bitch about it. Change it. And if you can't change it, why are you going to waste your time bitching about it? Mm-hmm. I like that. So there, there was nothing I could do. So it was about picking up the pieces and moving on. And I've been through breakups before. Um, not any with this serious financial implications. Yeah. Not... Yeah, uh, yikes. No, uh, no breakups with this much paperwork. 
Um, <laughs> Divorce. But, the breakup of, yeah. with paperwork. Oh, my God. Uh, so much. But it was not as amicable as I wanted it to be. Why, Ken? Because you had an idea of how it was supposed to go, or is that just how it... it was it a typical transition, or it, was that like... It, it wasn't as amicable as I wanted it to be mm-hmm. because there were some things I was refusing to be walked over. Well, what, she, what's, what's amicable? Like, okay, so what's it, what's a definition for the audience? What's a definition of your definition of amicable in that type of situation? I thought her and I would work together to divvy up the property, come up with a fair and equitable balance of mm-hmm. anything. And we, and we weren't going to fight over things sure and it got to the point where she had her attorney threaten uh sanctions against me if i didn't return our uh, the bed and bed frame that cost f- the bed frame was five hundred dollars from ikea and the mattress was $900 from Tufton Needle. So she was arguing with me about $1,400 when she had stolen tens of thousands of dollars out of a bank account. And, she, like, I sold all my possessions to move out to L.A., mm-hmm. which included a bed. She had a spare bed in the house. But she, ex- but she needed that bed, that IKEA bed. She, she needed the IKEA bed. I got gotcha. you. Um, and one, this was hilarious. One of the reasons she gave is because she needed the storage underneath. It was a bed that had four drawers underneath it. Yeah. And she demanded that I move out of uh, our house, mm-hmm. which was a four-bedroom house. She needed the storage because the other three bedrooms weren't enough. Um, maybe it was just I, about maybe it was just about winning, Ken. Like it wasn't. Oh. it wasn't about the bed. It was about uh, winning. Maybe being the strong. Be, oh, being I, you know the strong one out of the situation, right? No. Um. And 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 that's. And I agree. I'm with not a you. doctor, by the way. I'm just. I'm yeah. speculating. No, it 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 absolutely was about her winning. She needed to win the divorce. And it, it this is in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe she had some sort of uh infatuation with that bed. I don't really know. Um but it it was stuff like she would argue about the coffee table and the end tables. Um, and she demanded that I leave them. So then I left them. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I moved out, uh, she demanded that I leave that stuff. But then two months later, she's like, oh, yeah, I don't want it. You need to come back and get it. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, man. Oh. Oh. So, no. And, and, and Sorry, guys, here, here, for that Joker-esque reaction. Uh, but man, no, and, that just oh, I'm trying my I'm I'm in your shoes thinking that oh god, what a tug of war of my emo- your emotions just uh, 
Yeah. And you're trying to create, and, and you're like, you know, we were talking about before, Ken, you're like, well, I just want to, can I start my story, my next story, rather than reliving, <laughs> you know, going through the denouement, they call it, right, of that end part where they close the movie, like over oh, and yeah. over and over again? Oh, yeah. And, sorry, and, dude. And no, it's, it's honestly, is it, it was fine. There are, um, I've actually uh, been wanting to send her an email. Mm -hmm. Do you still talk to her, man? No, not at all. Never. Wow. Um, wow. In fact, like, yeah, th this, uh, it, she has no desire to see me. I have no desire to see her. All right. Well, at least you're agreeing, agreeing on that. Yeah. And, and I can go into deeper issues. But you don't need to. <laughs> but you don't need yeah. to. Yeah. But it was. We could turn um, this into a whole therapy session, Ken, if you want. But I'm to charge you by the hour. <laughs> and knowing my insurance, my insurance doesn't cover therapy. Sorry, dude. I know, right? Um, the, but but the big thing was I wanted to send her an email that what says I want to thank her for three things because there are three things without her being brought into my life um, would never have happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I never would have moved out to L.A. Uh, I have a great job. I have a great circle of friends. Um, I have met and am dating an amazing woman uh, that's just, she's incredibly supportive. And uh, second thing is I want to thank, thank my ex-wife for not wasting my time. She she realized she wanted out, and she got out. She could have strung me along for years. We could have had a kid or two, but you know what? She ripped the bandaid off. Yeah, and I appreciate and I and I appreciate that. Got it. Um, third, uh, without her, we wouldn't have adopted our uh, dog. That's now my dog. Oh, cool! Right, you got the dog, man. Sweet. Oh, I. Uh, I was not going to give up this dog for absolutely anything. Um, so after after I found out that, after she told me that we're getting a divorce, she went to go stay in Phoenix while I sorted everything out and moved out and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And she left, she left the dog with me. So I move. I've got the dog. Uh, me and the dog are just spending all this time together because it's just me and the dog now. And she, even after I moved out, she refused to come back to L.A. She was staying in Phoenix. And so three, four months later go by, she starts demanding that I return the dog. And I'm like... Kind of like a switcheroo like, with the end tables, man. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, you know, there's no way you are getting this dog. Like... Like, all the love and the emotion uh, that I had for you, I've been funneling into this dog. This dog has been there for me. This dog, like, uh, dude, um, masculinity so fragile, but whatever. There's There were nights when I'm just crying on the couch. The dog was there. Like, I'm not giving up that dog for anything. And I didn't. And I got the dog, and, you know, the dog is doing phenomenal. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So what happens? I have a I have a close friend of mine, Ken, who uh, mm -hmm. friend of the show, guy I've known for a really long time. Actually, I remember uh, 
first time I saw Predator, I know I made that reference in the beginning. Great movie. Schwarzenegger, Carl Weathers, great movie. Ace Ventura. Or not Ace Ventura. Jesse the Body Ventura. That uh, he recently got a divorce. And I remember when I first heard about it, uh, one of the things that really killed me, I remember tearing up in my car. I hadn't talked to him in a long time, and he called me, and when he explained what was happening, I felt terrible because all I wanted to do was help him. Like, he was hurting, and I... He's like a, he's my brother. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know what to do. Like, I sat in my car and thought about it for a really long time, and the best thing I could do was reach out to him. Now, with, with what he went through, it was very amicable. It was something that uh, he dealt with more of the... Rather, more of the internal dealings with it, like understanding that now his story is going to change, but not having to deal with all the, the headaches of the end tables, like, do and the dog, like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, oh, God, you know, that's when you're really, uh, you're really dealing with the most, the, the, mo the worst of two worlds, right? And one thing I, I try to always tell him is that, you know, and encourage him that, that now your story's different. Now you got to start it. Now it's time, you know, you're only on this world for so long. Now you got to start a little bit of different path, you know? And we, we spent a night together. Uh, what about that? that sounded weird. I had him come down and visit. I had my buddy come down and visit. And uh, guys night out, we went and uh, had a couple beers. And we had a great time reminiscing, going over stuff. I mean, this is a guy who I grew up with when I was a, a wee kid, a long, long time ago. I had him on a live stream, but I'll have him on the show. I'd love to have him on the show, actually, him and his brother. Uh, on the show he's a great guy my friend my friend tony he's amazing uh the guy knows me better than anybody all these stories i tell in these 200 episodes we have so many back stories in the catalog but anytime i talk about my childhood of what happened when i was a kid living in an apartment with a single father he was there with me he knew he knows everything he knows what i was dealing with he's the type of person that when someone may say well it, it couldn't have been that way well i'll just say hey talk to tony he'll 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 validate it and tell you exactly what it is but to just to be be an outsider ken and watch him go through that i hurt for him like i really wanted to wanted to help him but it's cool that you 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 found i mean that's what i mean you sent me a message man like, like you were like hey man podcast is being posted i was like yeah man that's great and then a week later i think i i reached out to you and your message was like ah shit dude i'm a terrible week I'm getting a divorce. I'm like, what? <laughs> and because and, I, you know, I followed you on on social media. You had pictures of you and your wife on on uh, with your penguin jerseys, right? The whole thing. And right, am I get that right? It was penguin jerseys. Is that? It was. Uh, I was a Boston Bruins. Oh, Bruins fan. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm confused. She's she's an LA Kings fan. Okay. So we were gotcha. in opposing jerseys. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I I, I was remembering the color. I, I didn't remember remember the team. So I would see those pictures, and then just to hear that, I was like, hey, things are great. And then, you know, what felt like balance when we were on the show, then it, it created imbalance. So you get through all that stuff, right? And I'm sure you could probably feel more, you're more comfortable talking about it now than you were back then. So so what what stays normal? Like after that, what do you continue to do that you, I know you have a job, you have a job, but as far as social, as far as like, you know, because we were talking about those pivots, right? Those changes in the story now. You know, it's almost like those stories where you read the story and then you pick and then you go to this page and then you read it and you go to this page. So what does the page look like? Is it the same as, as the pages before it to some extent or now it completely changes when when uh, weeks and months go by? Um, immediately after. Uh, immediately after it was, um, you know, struggle through work. Like you try to go through work. Um, and it's, you, you can't think about something like this 
100% of the time. It's just your brain doesn't work that way. So focused on work, um, some of the things that I did is uh, about a week or two after I found out, I decided to stop drinking. Uh, I didn't want that to turn into a crutch. And uh, I didn't want to become too dependent on that as an escape mechanism. Cool. So, but then I, I made the conscious effort to feel my feelings. I knew I was going to have my sads. I knew I was going to have my mads. And I knew that I was going to get through it. Um, I've always said about a breakup, hey, we were going to be happy together or we were going to be happy apart. Now we're just going to be happy apart. Uh, I didn't hang out with friends to suppress my emotion and to bury my emotion. When I would hang out with people, I was consciously making the decision to push my pain aside for a little bit. And then there were times when I would consciously, I'd be like, okay, this is what I'm feeling right now. I'm just going to let my body feel it. Cool. I like that. Uh, and so I did that. That's, you know, and, and, and every day that goes by, you think about it a little less, you think about it a little less, you know, you need less of that. Okay. I'm going to feel this time. Yeah. Cool. And, and then there are some times um, throughout that where you have a bad day uh, and you know therapy helps don't get me wrong uh, I love my therapist she's amazing um, and you know even though I'm in a much better position today than I am a year ago I still get a little salty I still get a little upset. I still get a little angry. Um, and the reason I haven't sent that email yet mm -hmm. is because I can't seem to do it. Every time I go to draft that email, I draft some sort of quippy line that's just biting and antagonistic and insulting. And that's not the point of the email. And so then I just discard the draft and I'm like okay I'm not ready to send this but yet. Why, Ken why the email though like why to what outcome um I don't know I think it'll bring me some sense of closure okay I was curious what you were going to say I mean I I I, and, I, I, and can, I can't relate so but closure in the I, sense that you're you're saying I'm you're you're you want to articulate you know what I know this happened but I'm done with it and I'm moving on no um I I think it's more it's 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 more of like maybe a confirmation to myself that it wasn't all bad it wasn't a waste of can, time in my life. Ken, can I make a recommendation? Yeah. Write Write the entire email and just send it to yourself. Why do you have to send it to her? Like, just send it to yourself, man. Hell, I might send it to you. Send it to me, dude. I'll read it. That's fine. <laughs> send it to me if you really want to articulate. I mean, it sounds like you want to get a lot out. You want to articulate and get it out. So 
rather than thinking, holding back because of your ex-wife being a recipient, why don't you just send it to somebody that will read it and affirm it? Like, that's, get that out. I mean, shit, I used to call my office line at work and just leave voicemails of either affirmation <laughs> or things just because, you know why? It, nothing, nothing wakes you up better when you show up to work than when you hear yourself say, hey, Nick, what's going on? Hey, man, hey. This is what you got to focus on today. Like, really, I started doing that. That must I, I think I did that for like five or six months in my, of, of a couple That's jobs awesome. ago. I mean, it's just a way of, of doing that because I knew, number one, I knew where it was, and it was usually when I was driving home, and I knew I had to let myself know certain things because your brain's like, you know, really, you know, and the stresses of work, so you're not there, or the perceived stresses of work, and you're going home, and you're, you're saying to yourself, all right, cool, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow, and it really, really helped. Like, it, it's funny, and then even journaling, I know I do a lot. Uh, on my MacBook where you just open up the notebook app and, and you just kind of write stuff down. No, do it. I think that would be, I think, that's why I wanted to ask you that. What's the purpose, wh what are you trying to accomplish? If uh, I, I think sending something like that out may be, uh, you'll exp sending something like that, that if you put so much of yourself into it, you're going to, if I did that, I mean, even like, you know, doing what we share in the show and you sharing the story, you expect a response, right? You, 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 you want something back. You may not get what you're looking for, which may create more emotions that you don't really need to feel. But if it's affirmation of knowing the good times, I mean, if, if uh, uh, shit, I think you should. I think that's great. Maybe voice to text and just talk, man. Do it. Send it to me. I'd love <laughs> to hear it, man. Tell me about it. That's really, really good. I think that's a really cathartic thing to do. And you said to your therapist, this is what I did. I don't, I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I just do this. <laughs> I send emails. To <laughs> no, don't do that. No, keep going. Therapy's good. Keep going with therapy. So how do you, uh, Ken, how do you, so you said you, 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 when I talked about pivots and asked you about that pivot, you kind of did it immediately. And you're right. The same advice I gave to my friend, Tony, the longer it takes, the less time you think between things. And so, so you go from being, you know, uh, and I don't, I don't remember, you don't have to tell my audience what you do for a living, but having a, you know, a career and that, but, but now you're taking on this totally different, this like. Like, I mean, this thing that requires a lot, giving a lot more of yourself. So when do you decide to take, to go from being a, you know, a, a podcaster, you know, with uh, uh, a wife and dog at home to now uh, being a divorced, you got the dog, uh, man's best friend, dude, right? And then you decide to suddenly now serve the public. Like, how, how does, how did that happen? Because when I saw that, you know, and, 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 uh, I know you can, but I don't, and there's so much more I don't know about you, but to do that, even I tilted my head and went, really cool. Like what, how's this going to go? Cause it's not like you, you were, you know, you just put a post on, Hey, I'm doing this and Hey, I'm at the voting booth voting, but wouldn't it be cool if my name was on a ballot, right? You just kind of went, you know, between, um, uh, pulling support online and all this stuff. How, how does that happen, man? Where do you, how do you, how do you get there? Like what happened? Well, I, I, I always at some point envisioned getting into politics. Um, it's always just been uh, rooted in me. I've always wanted to do something. And uh, after November 2016, I realized that nobody else was going to do it, you know? Like, uh, it didn't go the way I wanted, so I needed to put my name in the hat. My ex-wife was not very supportive of this. So um, another thing that happened after we left is this freedom to explore politics opened up. 
Um, and, and I, I, I didn't want to get into it while I was still emotionally processing the divorce. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. Th- well done. Well done on that. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I want to thank I'm here to support you. You know, you have one of your just little, little moments. That would be tough, dude. That's, oh my God, <laughs> man. Well, it's hard because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, and, and, and actually someone pit, uh, pitched me over the weekend, a friend of the show. We, we had a big in my town, a big blueberry festival. You know, I live in South Jersey, Hamilton, New Jersey, the blueberry capital of the world, according to Ronald Reagan when he visited in the 80s. And they have a blueberry <laughs> festival and a, a uh, uh, friend of mine um, actually pitched me to join the Rotary Club. And I don't, uh, uh, trying to manage my time between my production and, and the podcast and all my other ancillary stuff I do with the show and my full-time job being a dad. It's interesting because when he pitched me, I, uh, I don't know why it's kind of selfish. Cause the first thing I said to him was, well, what, what do I, you know, what do I get out of it? Which is not what I meant. I just meant was if I'm going to invest in time into it, what's the rewards out of it? And I, I didn't, I, I'm working on saying, I have a problem, Ken, of saying yes to anyone that asks for help. That's a problem. I stretch myself a little too thin. So I actually said no, which most likely I'll say yes. Uh, but it was more of an experiment. And if my, that friend of, of uh, mine, who's if he's listening, yeah, dude, jig is up. I wanted to say yes, but I said no because I was trying a little exercise on, on uh, myself. So when we walked away and walked during the, they had a car show there walking around, I said, honey, to my wife, Meg, what do you think about, uh, what do you think? Megan, actually the host of uh, UBU podcast with Megan Live. You guys should check them out on iTunes. She's amazing. So my wife, I said, honey, what if I join the Rotary Club? You know, is that going to take a lot of time? I think it's like one meeting a month. And she said, well, yeah, you should do it. And by the way, you don't really do anything for the community anyway. You know, and I'm, I thought, <laughs> being the fact that my show was out in the community, it, it, it entertains, but it doesn't really do anything, which she was right. So uh, most likely, I, I think I'm, I'm going to get involved in that. I think they're doing some great work for some friends of ours, some renovations. We have some close family friends who have a daughter that is uh, handicapped, and they're looking to renovate their bathroom to make it more handicapped access, accessible. And they work for the local restaurant. 20% of the bill one night would go to, to the Rotary Club where they could uh, uh, build out this bathroom, which is really great, too. So they're doing great things to people I know. So why wouldn't I do it, right? Why wouldn't I do it? But the reason why I was saying this is because, is you know, if you're joining an organization like that, it's really about uh, servant leadership. It's about serving the public. So the idea of you trying to do something like that when you were dealing with yourself as, you know, yourself is complete tug of war because you're you're totally in, in all about you and then trying to then put on a facade that no I'm here for the people and and that that had to be I, I would I wouldn't imagine running for politics or being a political figure knowing that number you have to give yourself I mean everything they see here and and know about you and it's almost like having a kid right and <laughs> you put your, your yeah. needs completely aside so, okay, so when you're ready and all that's done and you dive right in, how, what, how, do, how does it go from there? Well, well, so it was very much I realized that I was not in good working condition. And so, how, like you said, how am I going to serve the public if I am not in good working order? How can I create good working order out there? Sure. Honestly, I was looking at some of the deadlines to file and to register. And um, the one that I, I decided to run for, all the deadlines were like the next week. But uh, growing up in Arizona, um, I ran for essentially what is the state version of the U.S. House of Representatives. So growing up in Arizona, this 
body of government is not really that competitive. Stupid me thinking California was the same way. No. Um, a, lot of, a lot of laws out there are very different. Very yeah. different. So so I, I actually called... Um, I talked about it with my significant other Morgan. Cool. Um, and she was she was all about it. She she was like she was like I, I definitely can support you. Blah 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 blah. Especially with all the issues with my ex wife, I definitely wanted to make sure my significant other was on board. Yeah. Um. So then I called my friend Jess and I was like, uh, I'm I'm. I'm so torn. Like, is this the right time? Should I do this? Should I not do this? And. Uh, I love Jess. Jess and I have uh, supported each other through uh, our mutual divorces and through accomplishing so much in life. Uh, And she'll constantly text me. She'll be like, hey, should I do this? And I'll send back, when was the last time you did something for the first time? And she, I said, I'm debating whether or not I should run for this, you know, uh, it, it, it's going to cost me X amount to run. What should I do? And she just texted me back. She's like, are you really going to let this amount of money get in the way of one of your dreams? When was the last time you did something for the first cool. time? I like that. So I wrote the check, got all the paperwork I needed, started collecting signatures to get me on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And like... The other candidates had been campaigning since the the earliest you could collect signatures was the previous November, December, and uh, you could officially start campaigning and everything on uh, in early February, and I was like a week before the deadline in early March. Wow! So so I was I was very much behind the eight ball. Uh, and behind the curve on all this. And also, it was my first time running for anything. I really didn't know what all to do. Well, Ken, why why not just wait? Like, why... Like, you had to... So what compelled you that you had to get it done even with all that minimal amount of time rather than just waiting to the next round where you could start over with everybody else? The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. All right, all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's no, it's, it's not if not bust your chops. No, I get. Uh, you're no, absolutely right. No. That was pretty. That should be. On, that's awesome. I agree with if, you. If if I if I waited until the next cycle, I was going to be doing all this learning curve stuff. Then, so um, what I decided was, I am not. Um, I was not campaigning for the 2018 election. I didn't get into the 2018 election late. I got in the 2020 election very early. Gotcha. Okay. And and the results are in. We outperformed everybody's expectations. I don't think anybody expected us with what we had to work with. To get as many votes as we did mm-hmm. in the amount of time that we did. Cool. So uh, if, if I'm so, if I'm someone listening to the show, Ken, who wants to run for the uh, House of Representatives for the state, the equivalent, other than the paperwork, what's kind of some, what kind of advice would you give them if they were if they're thinking this got the same issue you have? 
Um, be willing to put in the time. Uh, be willing to pound the pavement. And first thing is get a campaign manager who's either worked a campaign before or hire a consultant who's worked in politics before. Because I will say my campaign was kind of floundering for a little bit until I brought on um, my consultant, Hrog, from uh, Blue State Consulting. And he he got us rolling again. He made all of this possible. Uh, he helped focus my message. And he, he helped uh, me identify this, my strengths um, so that we could use that to our advantage. Cool. Um, hey, when you said, Ken, when you said earlier about floundering, what, is it, what does it mean when a campaign, what do you mean by floundering? Um, it was kind of one of these things where I was, I was meeting people and I was calling friends and getting donations mm -hmm. and I had a lot of cash inflow, mm -hmm. but I didn't know what to spend the money oh, on okay, to, cool. get, okay. to get my name out there. Gotcha. I gotcha. So, so yeah, so there was not a lot, like I didn't know what to do to reach the voters aside from Pounding the pavement canvassing. and canvassing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Which, which ultimately is what you need to do, but then we started complementing all of that with uh, emails, um, social media advertising. If we had had time, we would have done more phone banking. Uh, so that's kind of the stuff that that is all involved. So, and Ken, are you, oh, go ahead. are you more of a DIY guy? Because like me, I... That's my problem. I, did you do that? You're like, no, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And then, and then you realize, you know what, man? With all the things that I learned, I learned on my own and taught myself how to do my entire life. You know what? It's worth paying somebody who really knows a little bit more than me. Because man, it's it's like being a, this whole dependent independent whole philosophy is is getting through life on your own, but still dependent on others. It's funny. I wasn't even listening to that until late in life when I go, you know, it's probably about time I start asking somebody for help because this is gonna be hard. Uh, I've never had an issue asking for help, but um, all my favorite things that I've done are very DIY. Um, like I love, I love. I remember in high school, I loved being in the wood shop. You know, making making things, mm -hmm. creating things. Yep. Uh, I love working on my car. Uh, I, I, I created, uh, dumbbells and dragons, uh, just with like YouTubes and Google searches and, yep. and things like that. As we all, um, so, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think of myself as a DIYer, but, but not this time. definitely, <laughs> yeah, there are some, there are some things where there are some times where I'm like, no, take my money, help me do this. So tell me, like, give my audience an idea. So you you hit the you you got everything in prior to the the deadline. Now what happens? I mean, what uh, like what 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 is? So we talked about you know the divorce and the pivot, and then you jumping into politics. Now having that support with your significant other to do it. But so when what what does the story look like now? Like what what plays out now? What's that ideal? What's that vision that you have now? 
Well, what was what was great um, is even before I had that conversation with my friend, uh, I I have a I have a dry erase board in my bedroom. Ooh, I have that, I love that. I have the double mirror man. Oh, my secret weapon is a dry. I would I, I would do I'd love to do just not say a word, but just go across the country drawing on a, a whiteboard, just brainstorming stuff for people. Oh my god. It'd be awesome. So I, I wrote on I wrote on that like a couple months before I had that conversation with Jess. Um, I wrote in one year run for office, in two years get elected. Um, so uh, the vision is now. Um, I've taken it's it's been a couple weeks since the primary. Took a little bit of time off. Um, had you know everything that kind of fell by the wayside the last three four months uh now it's about catching up on all those tasks um and then i'm meeting with my with my guy uh next week and we are uh and we're gonna decide the next step the next step is going to be something uh more local not necessarily statewide Mm -hmm. um but building on the relationships that we created, as well as um, opening the door that our success in this last election, uh, opening the door that it's provided. Because a lot of people were shocked we did so well. And that's opened a lot of doors. Why are they shocked you did so well? What do you mean? Uh, my scenario is I, uh, I live in a very, very highly Democrat uh, highly blue city. Okay. High, highly blue district. Um, and the incumbent is also a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And he's amazing. He is an incredible, uh, an incredible candidate, an incredible co- uh, state assembly person. Um, but he's been in the area for a very, 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 very long time. Everybody knows him. And 99% of politics is name recognition. Just a popularity contest? Um, yeah. And if people recognize your name and if they can like connect that to something you've done okay. that reson- resonates with them. Sure. So in this election, it was me, the incumbent, and a unaffiliated. Um, unaffiliated meaning uh, just neither Democrat nor Republican nor third party. In our district, we everyone kind of presumed Democrats would go for the incumbent. Republicans would go for the not Democrat. And other people would probably go for the incumbent just because voters like experience. So... Um, what we managed to do is we managed to get a lot of younger Democrats out to the um, out and voting. I also managed to get a lot of moderate Republicans because they liked my stance on certain issues. And again, it was about pounding the pavement. I knocked on no less than 700 doors over like a weekend or two. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so, so 
um, I didn't have the connections and the roots in the area that the incumbent had. And so people were really kind of shocked that I could come up with that many votes just through that sort of hard work. Cool. That's awesome, man. Cinderella story. Yeah, man. Yeah, right? Coming out of nowhere. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and so, like, like we, we lost, but we ran a very positive race. We didn't talk ill about anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, don't do that. My wife was watching The Bachelorette before. Nate, or my daughter and my wife were watching it. It's always funny. It's always, you got the nice guy, and then you got the asshole that always feels compelled to tell the bachelorette about how what a dipshit the other guy was and that's how they feel they're going to gain like I, I just don't get that i gotta see actually i came down here I, i'm curious if don't if anybody's watching it don't spoil it tonight uh on abc i gotta see if i think they kicked them both off it was like the the preppy guy and then the not so the preppy guy who i believe rolled out of bed and smashed his face and they actually had him on the show dude he had this giant shiner his cheek was swollen and they still had him on the show didn't even take him off um, but I'm, wow. I'm, my daughter believes it's so funny. My, my daughter, Abby, she has the same sentiment as me I'm watching this and how silly it is, how ridiculous it is. And what we hate about it is people find they think they find love over these, you know, isolated weeks where every date that they're on, Ken, is is the most like ideal. Like you've peaked if you're on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, you've peaked, dude. There's no way you can top that in your normal life where you're on a camel oh, yeah. in a hot tub in the middle of it like. The Arctic that that doesn't happen, and <laughs> now that they have, now that they have a show coming on ABC called A Proposal, where I guess it's some weird thing where in an hour like people find each other and propose like why are they trying to like love is like this, it's this dirty weird hard, tragic thing like like go back to Shakespeare man Romeo and Juliet it's, it's like nasty and horrible it's it, that's what makes it so amazing it's not easy it's it's finding it and doing that and and you know when i hear your story about your 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 marriage and then your divorce finding it and then and then it's not so much about uh, love and, and intimacy it's about finding love for what you like to do and the passion of what you like you know what you want to do and finding your calling and your purpose and and you move from doing that to uh, uh, going through that and finding and making sense of it, you know, and finding, you know, okay, how can Ken be a better Ken and, and then finding politics, which is, you know, it's not like you took a painting or something, Ken, you took, you took like one of the things that like, you know, it, it, right now in news, it takes so much, like it's got so much press, you know, and, and you make a mistake in politics and everyone ever, you know, it's funny. I remember when politics were boring, Ken. I didn't give a shit what happened, what the president said the night before. Like, who cares, man? Now it's like all the time you're inundated with media and blah, 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 blah. And, and if you support this person or that person, you know, you're immediately judged on that. But one thing, but what I watched is, is every time I saw you on social media, man, Ken, you were smiling, you were excited. You know, that's, that, it was cool, man. It was this, these paths we take, right? You know, people ask me, like, why did you start the podcast? I didn't really understand it when I started. And then it's, it's, I, I think I kind of summed it up as like, well, I was kind of an asshole. Like, I didn't really like myself. I, I was unhappy. I, I, I made these rules around making, fr- like, I couldn't make friends at work because of my, my, what I do for a living. And I couldn't, I couldn't make friends because that required me to take time and energy, right? And Meg, my wife, you go out and have your friends, you know, you've discovered it, you know, after we had kids, you, you can now be yourself because happy wife, happy life, go out and do your thing and I'll stay home and not do anything. And, and then I started not liking myself, 
when you really start turning the mirror to yourself, you realize that, well, I'm not who I, I thought I was, but, but, right? You can stop there. I mean, who wants to stop there, Ken? Like, well, I, I'm not really what, you know, I know that I have some aspirations and dreams that I want to chase. And I think if I don't make that choice, like that, that advice that your friend said, Jess, doing it for the first time, what do I want to do for the first time? Do I want to run for politics? Do I want to plant a garden in the backyard? Do I want to uh, build a studio out in your basement? Do I want to speak at a conference, a podcast conference? Like, what do you want to do? Because if you don't do anything, nothing really, really happens, you know, but, but you sit back and you figure out what it, what does my story, what do I want my story to look like five, 10, 15 years from now? And, and the, the irony is, man, and, and I think I said this to somebody I can't remember who it was. It, it, it felt profound, Ken, what I said. I kind of patted myself on the back <laughs> when I walked away. Is um, we have no control over anything. There's, you have no control over anything. But even as much as, uh, you know, when you were dealing with uh, your divorce and you're with your dog, and that was really cool. That was profound, man. Like, like I couldn't imagine. Like, if, like, I love my dog now. You know, if I was dealing with some heartache, I'd be the dog. I wouldn't let the dog go. But the, having the dog there to, to help you and you just rather than just plowing through it and being like, no, I'm going to be the tough. And you said the word masculine. I, I cry sometimes. I mean, I was my daughter danced this past weekend and it's great. They, they had this perfect music, perfect song compared to what her lyrical routine was. And I, I, I was like, this is great. This is, this is awesome. Uh, I don't think men do enough of that. I really, we should do a whole podcast dude on crying because it's, it's something that's healthy and, and uh, society wants you to be, or at least, let me take that aside. Our fathers were the ones trying to beat us that we need to be this, beat it into us that we need to be the strong, you know, men and and so on. But sometimes we're not, and and it's okay to be weak. Uh, but to to make the choice to jump into politics, and even though you lost, right, you have all that experience, like way more than I do. I mean, you have that's the <laughs> only way to do it. Like I, I commend anyone. I mean, our current president now had no experience, but just imagine. And, uh, you know, it's so funny that I, it, when I do this show, I never really pick a side. But just the gentleman in office doesn't have a lot of experience, right? But just imagine if he did, right? Just imagine if he did how different the story would be if he, he cut his teeth in politics. You know, that's why I think it's, it's awesome that you choose to, to do that. And I, I saw that excitement on social media. I saw your photos. I saw, you know, you're, you, know you were like, hey, we're on the campaign trail and that. That's awesome. That's really, like, really cool. Uh, I connected with you in regards to a donation, but I don't know if I never really expressed that to you, Ken. I never really said like that's really awesome that you're doing that. Like we have people on the show all the time that that make these changes and pivots, but that is like I mean to go from that where you you could have said you know what I'm definitely going to hit the bottle, Mr. Tito's and Grey Goose. You're going to be my best friends for the next three <laughs> months, but you decided to make conscious effort to go. You know what? I'm not going to do that because I'm really going to have to accept the fact that I need to heal through this and process it and I definitely need to need to go through with that so what what uh, what is 2000 what's 2020 look like well uh, I can't I can't exactly say yet because we're still in some planning stages but uh, the goal is by the end of 2020 I will be in uh, I am hoping that I'm still with the same significant other um, <laughs> so uh, I hope that's still happening i hope she's still supporting the political stuff but i hope i'm getting sworn in for my first uh political office uh making the connections uh doing stuff like that so 2020 is actually going to be probably uh 
a, a lot more pounding the pavement, having a lot more volunteers, making a lot more phone calls. Um, and one thing I will say about running for office is I've never been more exhausted and I've never been more, uh, I've never felt more alive. Yeah, I was going to say never felt more fulfilled. Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't, and I don't so, understand anyone who wouldn't feel fulfilled by. And I think the, being exhausted and fulfilled should be hand in hand. There's no way that yeah. that you get that without the other. Um, the days I go to sleep exhausted, knowing that I have filled in every minute with as much as I can, is just incredible. And so 2018 is just going to be taking our message and uh, expanding it. Uh, getting more volunteers, working with more people, and hopefully talking and reaching to more voters and getting them to realize how I can help the people of, you know, my city and of California. Ken, how have you thought of, you know, before, you know, we got connected, I think, I don't know if it was Twitter. I think the first time we got connected, right? I listen to your show, you listen to my show. Uh, you know, you had this this outlet, this podcasting outlet like I do, uh, any thoughts about firing up another podcast? I mean, I don't know if you're, I mean, you have this, you have a voice. Now you have, you have the experience, you know, you did your research and launched a podcast. Do you ever think about diving into that again? Well, uh, Dumbos Dragons, we're still posting. Um, oh shit. I'm a, po- I, I've been focusing so much no. on your political career. I haven't really listened to your show in, <coughs> in a long time, no, dude. No, 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 no worries. Um, New episodes have been somewhat sparse. Yeah, sparse, right? Okay, um, okay. I don't feel I've, so bad. I, All right, I've, it's not like you had. Yeah. Hey, launching episode I, 102 last week. You know, and I missed. No, it. I. Yeah, while on the while on the uh, while on the uh, campaign trail, I was releasing a lot of my backlogged episodes, episodes that I'd recorded years ago that I just cool. was releasing. Gotcha. Just to keep new content out there. Gotcha. Um, but so we're coming up on episode 100. Uh, shortly, um, and I think after that, I'm actually going to step back from Dumbbells and Dragons and stop podcasting for a little bit. Cool. Um, I, I have not missed a Wednesday in over two years, so I'm I'm going to step back. But uh, some I would I I, I love podcasting. Um, I would love to do another one. I actually wouldn't mind doing one. Um, about campaigning while I'm campaigning. Yeah, dude, that would oh. be great. That would be great. Yeah, almost like a... Uh, um, Dumbbells in politics. I, come on, dude. Oh, come on, oh, man. That'd be awesome. awesome. Take it. That's awesome. Check it out, dude. Rather than a dragon have like an eagle's head on it or something. Like a griffin. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> um, so it's, it's definitely one of the things that's out there. I do love podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love reaching people through this medium. It's absolutely great. But, uh, yeah, there will definitely be more podcasting in my future. Cool. I think it's awesome, man. I think, uh, you know, not until I really decided um, that there's a lot more story to tell that I start tapping into things I never thought I I, I could do. Uh, there's a guy at work that I always, I take it for granted, but I always says, man, how the hell do you, I know I'm here with a co-host, but sometimes uh, for you new listeners, but always to my uh, dedicated listeners, you know, I get on the microphone and I talk for an hour by myself. You know, and that's something that uh, uh, it's it's fun and great, but uh, I, I'm lucky to have this kind of outlet to be able to tap into something a little bit bigger than myself to 
to, to share those things. And, and speaking of those things, and we're talking about pivots, Ken, this thing uh, will end. Someday it will end. And I was, I was doing a, a track. I have a, uh, I use this application called Airtable where I, I track all my shows, all my descriptions. So God forbid something's to happen. I can always go back and look at my library and know where I was. Uh, we have so many co-hosts that have joined the show. And episode 100 is going to be actually a week after my birthday in uh, December. I have no idea what I'm going to do. I know for episode 50, we hosted a huge event in my town at a local brewery. It was amazing. I mean, that place had more people at that uh, brewery than they've ever had up till then. It was crazy. Uh, I don't think uh, live shows, I've done a few live shows since then, and I, it loses its intimacy. I think it was a really theatrical, I think, when I did the, the 50th, but I think I'm going to do something really different, maybe have some co-hosts to visit my home, have a little get-together here. There'll be great little little birthday holiday bash. But, you know, I've taken these, these pivots. That's the best part of being in charge. I can take these pivots up to episode 200. And uh, one thing, I, I, you heard about Patreon? You've heard about Patreon before? Kind of like a crowdfunded, yeah. you know, creative place where people can people uh, share content, and, and a lot of podcasters put things out there for their folks. And we have a few people, uh, people that are close to me, that have signed up and actually become patrons to the show. But you know what I realized, Ken? I can't get any money unless I give them something. <laughs> every <laughs> month, every month, Ken, I go on and I'm like, no activity. So I finally figured out about Patreon. And I know what we've been doing here at the Dependent Independent Studios and Dependent Independent Productions, I've been actually doing these tips and tricks videos every week, these Facebook Lives. Uh, they've gotten um, uh, some hits. Uh, people are excited about it, but I'm realizing that uh, I may have bit off more than I can chew. And even though I chose that that was my story, you know, in pitching uh, this little side hustle I wanted to do to work with, you know, up and coming podcasters and entrepreneurs or uh, people, solopreneurs that wanted to use podcasting to extend their brand or someone like a politician that really wants to use podcasting, get their word out and doesn't quite understand all the technical stuff. Uh, I, uh, I decided that maybe that's not the direction I want to take because I, I realized it was pulling away from my, my podcast and the content. I know we post these shows every other week on Thursdays because I stopped my mini-sodes. You know, the mini-sodes were fun. They were little Im impulsive things. But I'm tr I think I'm going to reinvent that because that's what I can do, Ken, because I'm the boss. For sure. So yeah. what I'd like to do is because we record these videos and, and I know uh, we have these Skype calls, but I really like getting people in the studio uh, for my patrons – what I really want to do, those that pledge on Patreon, not only can you get rewards, we get decals, you can be a co-host on the show, uh, you can, I like changing up my, my intro, you can even write the intro. So what I'd like to do, and, and I'm going to work to do this, and I'm committed to do this, is I want to give my patrons premium content of uh, either videos of our shows and recordings of the podcast before everyone else, but also the behind-the-scenes stuff. You'll hear a bumper on the beginning of this show, but Ken and I were on uh, on the mics for probably about 20 minutes before this, and we talk about a lot of stuff. I'm amazed at what happens before the mics go on, and I want to give my patrons that gift of, of knowing exactly that we're just like you. You know, we get on the microphone... Yeah. Ken and I get on the mic and I think there's a, you know, we have fans, Ken has fans, I have fans, and they look at what we do and think like, oh, just like I would, right? I look at podcasters and think that, but we're just like you guys, one pant leg on at a time. You know, we <laughs> have our insecurities, we have our headaches, we have our passions. I want to make sure that in order to make those connections, you got to be real, you got to be intimate with uh, uh, your audience. And I hope that by sharing some of these videos, and these Skype calls, and especially the videos that I do in this studio, 
uh, when we bring people here, because we have a few local people that will be coming here in the next few months. I want to share that with you and give you that experience before everybody else that downloads and listens to the show every other Thursday. So uh, stay tuned to that. The link to the Patreon, our Patreon site, the Dependent Independent, is in the show notes. And again, we also have hyperlinks if you're listening to this on, well, if you're listening to this, you've found the show. But remember to share the show too. I know I don't usually say this because I assume uh, you'll just do it. But go ahead and rate the show if you have, and you're listening to this on any podcast player on iOS or Android, go ahead and rate the show. Uh, I like feedback. Ken is a podcaster. He likes feedback as well. Ken, I'll put a link to your podcast too in the show notes so people can listen. And I'll, I'll even find the show that you and I were on that, that you hosted me on your show, which was great, man. That was a great show. I, now that I think, it was just like I was hanging out. Like I happened That's to awesome. pop by your house with some Taco Bell and a six pack, and I'm like, hey man, what's going on? Like that was really, really a great show. And that's what that's what this whole show was about. Now I appreciate, Ken, you sharing your experiences. Thank you for getting uh, into detail in regards to your divorce. I know there's some folks out there that may be struggling with things like that. Hopefully you can pull something from Ken. I know uh, now that you've given me that, that information, I'd love to circle back with my my best friend from from uh, my childhood and really talk through some of those things you said. I'll I'll recommend this show. I know I mentioned his name. I I, I don't think I'll have a problem with that. I don't think Ken will <laughs> have a problem with me mentioning it. Ken, is there anything else in regards to your uh, political career you want to share with the audience? I know I have. There are some folks that live out in California uh, that do listen to the show. Well, first I want to say thank you very much for uh, the opportunity to come on and just talk a little bit about my divorce and the other stuff that I'm up to. You got it, dude. Uh, I, Dude, I, I, it's, it's, if it helps, it, first of all, it's helped me just to talk about that stuff. And it helps, if it helps anybody else listening, that's amazing. And that's what life is all about. Um, if people want to keep track of what I'm doing politically, my website is letskeepmovingforward.com. It is, dude. That's the name of your website? Yeah. I yeah. love that, dude. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh -huh. I got a little, 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 it's kind of in line with what we're doing here. So that's awesome. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it's 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 that's that's the point of life is no matter what happens, you just got to keep taking a step forward. You were talking about pivoting, and you know, as long as you're keeping moving, keeping the momentum going, if you find yourself that you've gone in the wrong direction, stop, pivot, keep moving forward. You know, um, and that's 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 what life's about. So people can connect with me there. If they're from California and they have some feedback about anything they want to talk about, issues they're concerned about, um, I do answer all of those emails personally, uh, which I do think was one of the big reasons why we were so successful. You know, that really makes a difference. And in this day and age, doesn't even Facebook on our Facebook page at the Dependent Independent Podcast page and the Dependent Independent Productions page, you can actually, as an administrator, see you know, your response time, it says you respond 87% of the time. You respond 99% of the time. So we're the same way, too. If you guys connect with us, uh, I'm on Twitter at dependent underscore Nick. And again, all across Facebook, the hyperlinks are in the show notes. Uh, find us. Join the community. We have, we're 217 strong on the podcast page. It's great. I love the fact that, that uh, the, the, oh, and I got to invite you to the co-host group, by the way, too. That's the other thing, Ken. So, so now we, we have uh, we have fifty some odd co-hosts on the show in the past uh, three and a half years, that that this this brings people together and, and I appreciate it. You know the power of sharing a story and sharing an experience uh, with anybody really um, uh, really makes a difference. It's not superficial. It creates it's it's what intimacy is all about, man. 
a good cry is always healthy too and uh we've done that on the show before i'm going to thank everyone for downloading and listening to episode 87 of the dependent independent podcast i want to thank you ken for being on the show thanks man i know you're in california and it's just getting dark there but it's it's about 10 after 11 here so i gotta get hit the head uh or hit uh, i have to hit the head i have to go to the bathroom as well it's pretty <laughs> much that too but i have to hit the hey thank you for listening to the show please subscribe so these hits your these hit your podcast feed every other week but as we start building the content for the patreon page we'll start doing uh things every i'm going to see if i can do and start and that's the thing ken it's just it's just finding the time you know i wish i had my studio at 1 30 in the afternoon where i could step out of my office at work and just do a quick show but all that does require me to do is just start taking more notes and we have uh tons of host co-host already scheduled for the summer and then as we move into september i'm speaking at the mid-atlantic podcast conference mapcon please look that up on on facebook and look that up on the web if you're a podcaster in south jersey and you want to check out a really really can a really intimate you know not these podcast movement i know there's a big podcast conference now in philadelphia that i i would love to go to but i can't take a whole week off of work to go to this right. is a much more intimate environment. It's a Friday night and a Saturday and a Sunday, and I'm speaking on the power of conversation and uh, finding your true self by sharing your true self with others. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. I'm constantly brainstorming. I don't really have the PowerPoint set up, but I, I, I hope I'm bringing something a little bit different to the conference. Myself, Nick G., your host, and Ken Rodder are out. 